just be careful. You know, Mars has been really frustrated in Taurus. And yes. we see a lot of frustrated masculine energy in the world, in our country. Please do not discount the possibility of there being violence on that day and, and in August. Uh, we're seeing it now. I mean, because yeah. the, we're, I would say this time span over the next, over the weekend, as you're going about your business yeah. in transit, in a car. Don't uh, uh, don't give somebody the finger in traffic. Don't. Exactly. If you're, if you're frustrated, don't act out. You don't want to provoke people because the energy of action uh, is likely to respond like a bull in a china shop. People are just ready to pop off. So don't give them a reason to. Welcome to episode 12 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney Fishburne, usually in Washington, D.C., but currently spending time in the hinterlands of Tennessee. And I am with my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace in New York. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, hello. We are both renegades from corporate media who report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We not only want to show you how the media manipulates you into working against your best interests, we want to help you anticipate the cycles and trends in the world so that you can see the world is not random and chaotic. It's part of an ensouled universe where cycles within cycles strongly suggest there is a greater consciousness enfolding us, moving through us and around us, a larger intelligence that is more awesome than we humans could ever be, even if we are amazing. And even if we don't understand just what these cosmic impulses are or where they come from. Most importantly, we want to encourage you to participate in the enfoldment of what our universe has in store. So that is who we are. And Elizabeth, I have been thinking about this opening because you know that one of our listeners sent me a photo of a tattoo that she got inspired by the words that I just shared. And I thought yeah. that was pretty, that was really cool. Yeah, that is amazing. Yes. And to be, to to be my, so inspiring. <laughs> and to my knowledge, that is the first time I ever have inspired anyone to get a tattoo before. <laughs> Uh, and you're so not dating them. So that's really yeah. something. <laughs> Secondly, I am moved that people are listening that intently, actually. So it's it's nice to be taken seriously and to be inspiring people. But it's also it's nice that people are um, thinking about it when they go away from listening to us. And that is a real gift. I, I yeah. just, I want to mark that, you know, being taken seriously, having who we are, our energy and what we're conveying to people, what we're what we're demonstrating um, as we learn how to do this life ourselves is being seriously considered by other people. And from my perspective, that's holy. That's a very mm -hmm. sacred thing to be given that kind of trust. Mm -hmm. And it is evidence that we have impact. You and I are having an impact and mm -hmm. we matter. Mm -hmm. So I just mm -hmm. want to say thank you. Thank you to our listener. I'm going to keep her name um, to us. I'm not going to share that, but, um, but she knows who she is. And <laughs> I want to just thank you very much for your support and for telling us about that. And, um, and to everyone, thank you so much for all of the support. We, we are doing great. We really are doing great. So let me tell folks right. what we're going to do. We are going to um, go through some headlines. There were some doozies this week. Uh -huh. <laughs> I can't wait to share mine. It's just so silly and so literal. 
And then uh, charts in the news, which you are going to do for us, transits to watch for, and we are taking listener questions. Yes. And thank you so much. You know, I kind of failed on that. I wanted everybody to put their comments in the comment section and tell us what they were looking for in the comment section. And that didn't quite work out, but people did email. So we have some questions and they're good ones. And we might have time for more than one in this episode. They emailed and some people put their questions and gave us a shout out on certain Facebook pages. And that was so cool to get a shout out and a Facebook page that wasn't my Facebook page, but was a group that I belonged to. And that was really neat to be talked about in that, in that group situation. And so that other people could sort of stumble upon it and go, Oh, I should listen to this. So hopefully some of those people listening now are people who found us on Facebook, which is great. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you folks. Here we are with Mars moving itself through Taurus. And it is, I think I don't, have the ephemeris up, but I think it's at 15 degrees Taurus as we speak. If it's not, it's around 16. So it's right in the middle of Taurus. And so it's, which right is, in an, which is an interesting place when, when the planet gets to the halfway point, it, it accelerates in expression. I find. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. Yeah. the story that I am going to share with folks is that it's no poop July. <laughs> <laughs> And I saw that headline and I went, well, wouldn't you just know Mars and Mars and Taurus, of course, is no poop July. So explain to those listening at home why that is the most perfect expression of, of, of Mars and Taurus. This, and this no poop July phenomenon. So, so, <laughs> Don't try no, this at home. Yeah, please. Oh, gosh. Well, but that gets to that gets to the actual reason why it's even funnier is if you do try it at home, you'll end up with a searing hemorrhoid. <laughs> Which would very much be Mars up your, you know. <laughs> Mars is the is yes, the blood, anger, yeah, mm-hmm. heavy bleeding Ooh. could be an, an imbalance of Mars in the horoscope. Inflammation, pain, Inflammation, and, and, pain. and a, pain. Sear, a searing kind of pain. Yeah. So apparently on TikTok, there is a very strong trend right now where guys, mostly guys, so there we go, Mars, mostly guys are um, uploading videos of themselves on the toilet, pretending that they haven't had a bowel movement all month and sweating and looking, you know, like, <laughs> like, but that's so basically Mars and Taurus. Taurus. One expression is men behaving badly because Mars as a, the energy of action and aggression. I thought about that. No, the energy of action and aggression, it, it much is prefers to be direct fast, you know, that's what it wants to do. Mars in Taurus. So Mars in Aries, the irresistible force. Mars in Taurus, the <laughs> immovable, immovable exactly. object. Stuck. Stuck. <laughs> Stuck and burning Thanks. in place. Right. But then if you look at the videos... They, they apparently, they, you know, there's one kid who gives the thumbs up and it's like, oh, I finally did it, you know? And then, so you, you mentioning that it's speeding up. That's actually the, what he pantomimes is like, oh, it's finally coming out of me. This oh, is a gross conversation, no. but, <laughs> but I mean, could we have a more literal representation of that transit? Oh, good God. <laughs> yes. And of course, so, and, and it could really blow up uh, and it's, some, okay. So the energy of Mars and Taurus uh, which is about to meet up with 
God, I'm going to say this and I'm not going to print Uranus. <laughs> Where it will create a shit storm. <laughs> oh also in Taurus, equally stuck. And, uh, you know, conjunct the North Node, which to my mind means it's going to go public in a really big way. So, so that's, that is hilarious. Okay. So here we go. TikTok, you know, because TikTok, it's trending in the millions. I'm going to tell you something seriously, but like these, this kind of stuff. You know, the planetary patterns weave their way into the into like the language, the, the current language, like Stephen Colbert uh, last night. Oh, oh, my God. It was so it was it was so uh, it, I can't think of the word. I, I, I can't I want to it's not blue is one way it, 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 he was it was down and dirty that what what was coming out on his uh, monologue uh, that was on aired yeah. on you know CBS and, was it and men, men behaving badly it kind was of bad men, it was men yeah. behaving badly and bodily functions and this and that and I find that when the planetary patterns like Mars with Pluto Mars with Uranus there's a lot of you know there's a lot of macho male uh, humor that that goes around I mean this he's he he never fails he never he never fails and and if I looked at other late night comics I'd probably see it there too. Yes, Saturday Night Live. I've seen them do it as well. They'll their whole sketches for the evening will be reflecting like Mercury conjunct Neptune, and they'll be all talking about aliens or you know con artists. They'll have the whole thing. Anyway, so okay, so today, okay, that's hilarious. All right, so last, so and we're going to air this on the 29th. Okay, so I will only say that last week, you guys are going to be listening to this on Friday, the 29th, but we would like to say that last week was a significant um, marker because Mars was at 10 degrees of Taurus, you know, so it, and it was activating an eclipse that happened on the uh, 30th of April suggests so that anybody who has a planet in their horoscope that was affected by it uh, would have been likely to experience an acceleration Mars hit 10 degrees with Taurus. So when we wrote about the eclipse at the end of April, and if you listen to the podcast that we did down then, back then, we gave you a heads up and said, hey, everybody, keep an eye on around July 20th, because that's when Mars is going to activate this eclipse. And we're going to see a lot of action. Either a genie jumps out of the bottle and you can't ever put it back. That's it. Or a curtain falls. All right. You must move on. So two people that were affected by this um, were affected during the last January 6th committee hearing that happened at 8 p.m. on primetime on on whenever it was last week. Time goes so fast. The former guy, Donald Trump, uh, was affected by this Mars at 10 degrees of Taurus because it was exactly square to his Pluto power. Pluto rules in his horoscope, the fourth house, home, family. Mars rules the ninth house, publishing, court opinions. And so we would be, and Pluto in his horoscope sits in the 12th house, the house of the self-undoing, hidden enemies. And so what came out in that hearing was absolutely extraordinary uh, because it really, it, 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 the very, within days, the amount of evidence that was put forth showing exactly what he did not do for 187 minutes during the J6 you know, attack on the Capitol did absolutely nothing except watch Fox News. That made a huge impact in the newspapers. Within a couple of days, 
the Wall Street Journal and the New York mm-hmm. Post, two mm-hmm. papers owned by Rupert Murdoch, and Fox News has been supporting this guy all along. Particularly the one in the New York Post said, um, you know, he's not the appropriate. Uh, they didn't say unfit. I can't remember what word they used. But he might have said unworthy to be our next chief executive. So that was a huge ship. That's a genie out of the bottle. You cannot put that back. That's a piece it's, of, you yeah, know. Yeah, you can't. But I still think that that feels like hedging. This is, you know, the editorial pages on those papers, to me, strike me. Yeah, they're they're political. They're political. But there was a lot of other stuff that came out in that particular hearing that was uh, pretty gobsmacking. For example, the, the news that uh, the Secret Service detail assigned oh, to Mike horrible. Pence. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And you see, it was, when an eclipse gets triggered, you get this piece of information that you know was probably there the whole time, but now yeah. everybody's going to know about it. And, and it was, and it was out there because these, what happened was that the secret service detail assigned to Mike Pence, when uh, Trump tweeted, you know, Oh, Mike Pence, you know, it's all his fault at around 2 24 PM that day. Um, the Secret Service assigned to Mike Pence were making calls and texting their loved ones, thinking that, you know, hey, tell them I love them. Yeah. Tell them I love them. Um, so, yeah. so this was a huge. So that's one example. And another example of an of somebody who who's affected was uh, Senator Josh Hawley, who has Venus either at 10 or 11 degrees Aquarius. We don't know which because we don't have a birth time for him. But Venus in the horoscope refers to our social expression, our values, who, what, how we need to love. And so an eclipsed Venus is going to affect your, uh, your, your favor, your popularity and your values and possibly your money uh, in some one way or the other, right? So what came out is that Josh Hawley had made this dramatic social expression on January 6th, you know, he fist pumped in front of the, the, the gathering mob in front of the Capitol with, with uh, you know, all the security guards behind him. So nothing was going to happen. Right. So he, but he's there. Roar, yeah. Go team. Uh, you're my guy. Uh, and got the, the crowd all riled up. And then. <laughs> and then. And then. <laughs> Then the nights. I've got a song from Pippin in my head, but I can't pull the first lyric, the first verse. Anyway, um, so and then the men go marching, <laughs> marching and marching in the fray or something, conquering the enemy and so, so and something in the day. So yeah, hark! The blood is pounding in my ears. Jubilation! We can hear a nation's grateful cheers. Okay, so there's Josh Hawley doing war as a science from Pippin, and with his fist and. Um, <laughs> But guess what, guys? All of that rah-rah, and this is a guy that has a book coming out in September? next year. No, I think oh, early oh, 23, because it comes out in, he'll never live it down if it comes out in early 23, in, in September. But I think in early 23, and it's called Manhood, because he's the expert on this. Okay, so no, what does actually- he... And there's a, oh, I can't look it up because of the computer situation over what? here. But yeah, it was, um, it was like... It, it was a funnier title c- given the circumstances. It was like the manhood, virtue. What, yeah. The virtue of manhood, what we're missing or something like the that. virtue of manhood, what we're missing in America. I have Google and I know how to use it. Um, <laughs> you're manly dude, Josh Hawley to release this thing. Oh no. Manhood, the masculine virtues America needs. There he is with his fist. Fine. Great. Well, guess what the security cameras captured 
hauling ass. <laughs> There's a mob coming. I am out of here. <laughs> like rapes are all then run away. You know, and then we have that, you know, so everybody on Twitter, you know, it's like they've got all these memes, the Ben setting him to the the Benny Hill theme and Forrest Gump, Ron Forrest the Gump. And they're gonna, and you know, this is a guy that's been selling, you know, <laughs> campaign <laughs> merchandise with his fist raised, and now we see that he he run he's running scared. Okay, win. it's just a brave front. So that is an example, because now we are talking about astrology here. We're not making fun of a U.S. senator. This is a, this is a very important academic case study here about what can happen when, you know, you have a planet in your horoscope that, you know, that is activated symbolically, because, you know, there's, we don't know that there's anything on Mars actually punching Josh Hawley's Venus in the face. But, you know, there is... We <laughs> release of energy trying to picture that one way or the other and and you know his he has a different um might deserve it i i don't know i that's mean we don't want to be mean girls uh but um anyway uh people have a different take on him now and and we are and we're reevaluating that that very strong masculine gesture that he made uh with his fist in the air and then he ran away that's astrology I'm going to okay. refer back to um, episode 10, it was 10, where we talked about um, the current planetary platter- patterns between Saturn and Neptune, mm-hmm. uh, who are 30 degrees apart mm-hmm. in their respective orbits around the sun. Mm-hmm. And so from our perspective on Earth, they can't seem to see each other. They're what's called an aversion. Mm-hmm. being 30 degrees apart it's difficult for them to get an aspect aspectari which i still can't remember is that latin or greek because it could be either <laughs> meaning to see to witness they can't really get a, a view of one another meanwhile each of them is being aspected by the other planets in their transits and so each of them and and then when the moon is going through all all of the planets are light right it's just varying degrees of light varying types of light hot light cold light dry light whatever you know it's it's so mars as we were talking about before is a hot energy light right it's a hot light it looks red from earth you look at it you're like that's mars it's red mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that must be hot well it is okay so all of these different expressions of energy are passing by Saturn and Neptune and neither Saturn nor Neptune can see what the other one is experiencing. Now those planets might be translating the light might be saying, Hey, this is what I got from Saturn. And now let's let's define that term for the folks back home. When a planet is translating the light, what does that mean? All right. So let's say, all right. So, so, okay. So Saturn and Neptune are 30 degrees apart. And the moon comes along and it makes a 90 degree aspect to as as an example, as an example, it's going to make a 90 degree aspect to Saturn. So the moon is in Scorpio. It's not in Scorpio now, but let's just say it is. Okay. So the moon in the moon is in Scorpio. And so if the moon is in Scorpio, it's going to make an, and and it's going to get to 23 degrees of Scorpio. It's going to make a square to Saturn. Saturn. So Mercury makes an is 90 makes a 90 degree makes a right angle aspect to Saturn, which is considered to be a hard aspect because there's tension. Something's going to happen. So so the energy of information and mindset connects with Saturn, which is gravitas and pull up your bootstraps and get to work and I'm the boss and now I'm depressed and all of these potentials. But as it connects with Saturn at 23 
three, let's say 23 Aquarius this is hypothetical. It's also going to trine, meaning a 120 degree relationship, which is like a like an equilateral triangle, a trine, a tri think of a triangle. It's going to make a trine, which is an easy flow of energy, easy harmony with Neptune at 23 degrees Pisces. This is a hypothetical. That's not where they are right now. The hypothetical. That's pretty close though. So, pretty cl but it's pretty close. And they're going to be doing this until early 2023 because Saturn and Neptune are traveling in this, in this 30 degree relationship for that long. So what happens is, so the translation of the light is, all right, so Mercury connects with Saturn first. Actually, this is accurate. So Mercury connects with Saturn first. And then it's going to move two more degrees and connect with Neptune. Let's say Neptune's at 25 Pisces. So it's, it's so, which it is. Which it is. Okay. So Mercury, by, by connecting with, with Saturn, the energy of gravitas and sobriety and depression, and then, and information, and then it goes over and hangs out with Neptune. So it's kind of bringing the essence of reality and sobriety and heaviness and depression over to Neptune, even though Neptune can't see where it's coming from. Well, you were talking about the moon before. Did you want to finish that analogy? Then it wasn't the moon. Oh, then I changed my mind and made it Mercury. Okay, <laughs> whatever. A planet. A planet. Okay, the Mercury, the moon, whatever. A planet. Well, Let's but, use the moon. But but because you were specific about, the I was talking about the moon. Okay, so the moon. Okay, but, so the all right. Yeah, the moon. But, but let's keep it because Mercury makes the um as you described, Mercury will bring those two energies and express it through Mercury things. So thinking. Um, communicating, uh, commerce, you'll have something sober, and then it will get brought over to this area where you're like, wait a minute, that's you're like, not what is that mean? Yeah. That's bewildering. That's a right. lie. Or that's really magical thinking here. Right, exactly. Because from Saturn to Neptune, that would be the way that Mercury is going to express itself. So with the moon, just to finish that analogy, we would be talking about the moon um, translating a little bit more of a stern face, right? With Saturn, because the moon tells us about our emotions. So you'd be feeling stern, maybe depressed, maybe a little this aloof. And then suddenly you find yourself over with Neptune if you're in the moon and you're like, I think I need a nap. Um, or, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe you feel like I've been so bummed out, I'm going to just daydream for a while or I'm going to have a bottle of wine or something yeah. like that. And that All would be the way that the moon translates the light. It's taking the light that I was talking about before that each planet actually expresses and then carries it over to the next planet and says, what do you think about this? Right. And that's how, and that's how the two can be connected without even really hundred percent knowing that they're going to exist, that they exist. And then the, our point about using Saturn and Neptune as an example is that Saturn and Neptune will meet up with each other and be very much aware of each other's potential expression in 2025. It's going to take that long for right. Saturn and Neptune to meet up at the end of Pisces, early Aries in 2025. So this is so, what we're being set up for that eventual like, oh, okay. Right. And that, but that's why I bring it up again, because with the Josh Hawley story, I find it interesting that we have, um, in relation to our um, American chart, the Sibley chart, we have these 
these uh, weird expressions of, is it Saturn or is it Neptune going on right now? And here we have this man who's wanting to be the manly man, but he's not really very manly, not in the way that he wants us to think that he's manly. Now, I'm just going to say, if I were a man and a mob was coming after me, I would be hauling my ass out of there. Well, You'd I be hauling. You I'd would be hauling, just like he did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's a dad joke. Um, yeah, I would... <laughs> I would run. Okay, so I don't see any problem with what he did. It's that he did it after telling everybody, you know, yeah, um, whatever, Hitler, <laughs> whatever he was trying to be. So I am just suggesting that between now and the meetup between Saturn and Neptune in 2025 that you've just delineated for us, we are going to have more and more examples of where the planets are going to be carrying one message from uh, Neptune to Saturn, right? Is it going to be, or yeah, Neptune, Neptune to Saturn, to maybe Saturn. Saturn. And I mean, it depends on where they are in the, in the, in the um, Zodiac. And, uh, and it's going to, you're going to get two sides of a lot of things. You're going to be hearing like, it's this, wait, wait, I thought it was that. And you're going to be asking what's it's going real. To, it's actually going to get even wiggier. I think when Saturn goes into Pisces early next year, it's actually going to lose a lot of agency because right now Saturn is traveling in Aquarius, which is that's true. Yeah. Which is it gets to call the shots. And when it goes to Pisces, um, you know, the, it it has to bow to another planetary planetary authority. And if you were a modern astrologer, which is what we're going to talk about later, if you were a modern modern astrologer, you would say, ha, huh, Saturn, the principle of reality is under the spell of Neptune, because in modern astrology, Neptune has rulership over Pisces and Neptune is the fantasy. But if you're a traditional astrologer and you only use the planets in your approach to astrology and you only use the planets that you can see with the naked eye, the physical reality, what you, what you, what you see is what you get, then uh, Saturn is going to be under, this, under the sway, the authority of Jupiter because Jupiter right. rules Pisces. So it's going to be, right. so Saturn is not going to, so the reality, reality may be losing a bit of its grip even more next year. We'll see. Folks may or may not know, I don't use the outer planets as rulers. I use them in transits, but okay, let's go with that. So, so Neptune ruling Saturn, making reality air quotes into delusion, or just like, as you say, wiggy weird at the same time that Jupiter is the ruler will be lending this kind of um, boundarylessness because Pisces is all about not having boundaries. So it'll just be yeah. like out of, out of bounds, weird yeah. and big, big, weird, big, weird. Cause Jupiter, you know, because there are no boundaries, it's, it's weird. And you know, the Pisces is the feminine um, home of Jupiter. So golly, you know, like weird, we really weird, boundless weirdness that Saturn is going to be trying to enact um, in the feminine. It's just going to get really weird. Oh, we're in for such a fun ride. Today, we're recording this in the dark of this new moon. The moon, there's no life in the moon. All right, so here's the deal. New moon in Leo, that's one thing. This new moon in Leo uh, is very interesting because uh, the symbolism of it, uh, one of the keywords is a, a generational gap. The older generation is looking at the new generation and they're kind of, they're just looking at each other and going, hmm, all right, how are we going to, how are we going to make this work? And it's interesting that we have this pattern, this symbolism creeping in because uh, this particular new moon is where we have Saturn, which is the energy of the old guard, 
structure, authority. You, you need Saturn to have a roof over your head. You need that material world. You need time. You need limits in the physical world. And it is squaring, meaning it's making a tense aspect. It is in conflict with the energy of, I'm not going to say Uranus, Uranus, which is the energy of change and disruption and genetic mutation. And so we've got a buzz going on in this new moon. Upside potential, as I wrote in my forecast for the week, this is an opportunity for people to get really grounded in their appreciation of themselves. Because Leo- oh my gosh. I love what? that. I just want to jump in and say, people, okay. this is one of, yeah. I mean, obviously I read your forecast, but um, sometimes it really, I think about it a lot more. And this, this particular, well, first of all, this new moon, all of these transits that we're talking about, they are just so smacking my chart around right now. <laughs> so I really was reading with, with um, intense interest, but yeah. So if you haven't checked out the chart for, I mean, the um, forecast that Elizabeth wrote for this week, the week of whatever July 25th was Monday. Uh, I, I saw the Yeah, just this week. Um, yeah. that has the 29th within it. Um, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. You're talking about um, the way that the new moon is happening at the same time that as of today, Jupiter stations and this retrograde and, and how it, so Jupiter, which is the energy of expansion, Jupiter is the energy of growth for better or for worse. You don't really don't want Jupiter anywhere near a tumor, but you know, or, or, uh, or a poorly functioning ego, because then you end up becoming bombastic and really it's a drag. Um, but Jupiter Turning retrograde, meaning it appears to move backwards in the sky, not really, but that's what it looks like from planet Earth. It looks like it's moving backwards. The suggestion being that, oh, and Jupiter is in Aries, which refers to me, myself, and I. So the energy of expansion of the self turned inward is another, is, is why I said this is the time to really get grounded in your own appreciation of yourself instead of looking at it, looking for that so much outside yourself. You know, if you're expecting a big fat promotion or a bonus or whatever, you know, these projects may be put on hold. They may be delayed. Jupiter is trying to this new moon. So we've got this cool potential over the next few days for leaders of, of state and business to have an easy access to an expansive energy that then is applied to action that is innovative, groundbreaking, disruptive, explosive, possibly involves high tech. Now that last part has to do with this Mars thing that we were talking about, because part of this new moon, part of the patterns of this new moon has Mars conjunct Uranus and the North Node, which is gonna be exact on Monday. And Whitney, I know you have some things to say about that, yes? Um, yeah, I mean, either of us could say it. We were both thinking the same thing. We've already described how Mars operates, and especially Mars in Taurus. Uranus being in Taurus um, has, as we've seen, it, it went into Taurus roughly the same time that the pandemic happened. And so we started to see, in addition to all the chaos that was going on around the pandemic and the transits that indicated that, what we saw with Uranus in Taurus were supply chain disruptions. And similarly, we've seen this kind of back and forth over whether or not uh, cryptocurrency is going to end up disrupting the usual way that we exchange commerce. So these are things that we would normally associate with Taurus. And with Uranus, 
we associate shocking things, liberating things, things that just suddenly blow apart and then all the energy has escaped and it's going wherever it's going to go. So we now have hot aggression that has been pent up and stuck and now is past the 15th degree, whereas Elizabeth has said, it's starting to roll down, you know, it's like shotgun down the avalanche. Things are starting to loosen up. Yeah. And here and here's what <laughs> loosen up. No loosen up. Yeah, exactly. It's They're now it's now up. it's it's gonna, you know, no poop, no poop. Um July is going into some interesting thing in August. So, but seriously, but, but, so but, we can but the north node. We have to make sure that we throw the north node on top of that, which is the north node is always indicative of the tide coming in. And so things increasing. So we have an increase of heat and shocking information or shocking some kind of a, some sort of shock and surprise that will liberate something in the sign most noted for wanting peace through stability and holding things tight. So it could be earthquake activity, it could be volcanic activity, it could be explosions, it could be scientific breakthroughs. It could be um, brainstorms that um, lead to something really um, big and expansive and uh, surprising. It could and, be violence. And, and what we've seen in the last 24 hours, we've seen the flow. If you read the daily forecast I wrote for this week, you've seen the flow of what's how this has been expressed in the U.S. Congress. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> they did. Okay. They passed a bill yesterday, well, they passed a couple of things, but one thing that got passed was the CHIPS bill, which is saying, you know what? It's really stupid to make these these incredibly uh, essential parts that we need for our cars and computers and all that stuff. It's really stupid to make them in China or somewhere else, even though it's cheaper, because it always costs more to do it for less. Let's make this stuff here. So they passed this massive bill, technological breakthrough, Right. But wait, there is more. I think it involves psychedelics. It's this, you think it involves psychedelics. I know that. Right. So so there was an impasse because Joe Manchin of who's who is really expand of Joe Manchin Democrat. of West Virginia, Democrat. He's been the Air governor Force. of West. Yeah. He was the lone holdout at the time to this budget bill. The Democrats have been trying to pass that addresses things like climate change when it was so hot last week and that's when mars representing heat triggered the eclipse of april 30th and jupiter was hanging out hanging out at a station not moving from our perspective on planet earth therefore blaring like a car horn on hot topics like the and having the world be on fire with this heat wave that we're experiencing all over the place anyway so that was last week. This week, they get the chips bill passed. And immediately thereafter, the Democrats say, hey, guess what? And Charles Schumer's horoscope is hot right now. He says, you know what? Joe Manchin and I, we've got a deal. He's going to back a lot of the stuff that we wanted to get done. He's not, they're not doing anything to support women with childcare or elder care, but they're getting a lot of this climate change stuff. This is getting done. This is huge. This is the breakthrough potential. I haven't signed it yet, but this is the breakthrough potential of this monster conjunction that we have happening on Monday with the supportive flow of Jupiter expansion to the sun in Leo, the rulers, the king. Mm -hmm. Let me let me throw a couple of things in there. One, um, yeah. when you 
when you say Chuck Schumer, I just want to make sure that we don't forget to note who all of the players are that we mentioned. So Chuck Schumer is the Senate majority leader. Yes. He's a Democrat from New York. And um, he is the foe of Mitch McConnell, who is a Republican um, from Kentucky and has been the uh, Senate majority leader for a long time. But he lost that in the last election. And he would really like to get that back. So this is why I say it involves um, psychedelics, because (laughs) Joe Manchin was holding out and holding out and holding out on, on actually agreeing to this bill for so long and was involved in some intrigue that did involve Mitch McConnell, which I don't even think I could explain. It's so convoluted, but it was like, if you do this deal, we're going to ruin a whole bunch of other deals. And then, you know, you're not even going to really end up getting the benefit of supporting this, this bill. And the fact, and he really had Manchin by the short and curlies. And I think the fact that Manchin suddenly decided, no, I am going to be a part of this bill. Astrologically, you've just laid it out, but I think somebody put a mushroom in his tea. (laughs) I, I don't I don't know. It's fascinating. Chuck Schumer is a, a sun sign a Sagittarius. So he's always going to project an air, an aura of optimism. Uh, you know, hey, pie in the sky, we can do it. Kind of kind of a goofball. Most Sagittarians can be the philosopher clown. He's driven by the moon in Taurus at 20 degrees of Taurus. So Mars is going to hit his moon uh, next week after August 1st. And his Pluto is at 19 Leo. So there's a moon Pluto square. So power is i mean he has this potential you know attack ruthless action that could be happening for him within the next five to seven days and his ascendant is 26 degrees of capricorn so pluto transiting pluto is going to make its second conjunction to chuck schumer's 26 degree capricorn ascendant um next week and so this is a breakdown transformation potentially leading to empowerment of Chuck Schumer. And it is always interesting that um, people who have a lot of power politically in the United States will have their significant points, significant angles or planets that are tied to the U S horoscope. So. Yeah. We've, yeah. We've definitely talked about that. That's true. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, because that's where Pluto, you know, Pluto is very active right now. It's right back where it belongs. So, yeah, because, you know, let me think about that. So, yeah. what you're saying then is, is that Chuck Schumer's ascendant is conjunct the United States Pluto in the yep. Sibley part. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, he's got this personal connection to power, which which is, is reflected by the fact that he's just been there for such a long time. Yeah. And, and he is a power player in in our government, you always find these connections. Anyway, so so this is really interesting. So, and then uh, <laughs> this is the thing that's just so bizarre. I, I don't I don't know I don't know what the astrological reflection of this particular thing is because it's just so crazy making. So after the after Schumer announces this deal, the Republicans go into backpedaling on all. They just go into mean girl mode. Yeah, they they trash a bill that they passed two months ago to fund health care for the troops, you know, support our troops who were injured in, you know, in the wars you know, because of burn. What do they call burn pits and stuff that people yeah. are coming there? They have this terrible illness, suffering the it's government's like con- overseas where we, we are in country where they just create these massive 
um, wastelands of burning equipment and burning whatever it is they need to get rid of. And they just burn everything. You know, they don't, it's, they burn what they don't want anybody to steal and repurpose. They burn whatever they don't have a place for. I mean, they just burn all kinds of shit. And it literally is chemically, it's a shitstorm. It's like what happened on September 11th, 2001, yeah. when the World Trade Center was on, exactly. on fire and the winds changed three days exactly. after and you could right. not walk around the street without without a gas mask. I mean, you really felt your lungs burning. I, I was in New York on, on, on that time. Anyway, so uh, that military, the fact that this is a veterans bill and there's a disruption, the fact that they 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 pulled support. They, you know, they had passed it two weeks, two months ago, and now they couldn't pass it yesterday. Now they're saying, and this is another Mars Uranus, because Mars, when Mars and Uranus are hot in planetary patterns, we often see interesting news about, I call it gender benders, you know, so, you know, LGBTQ news becomes hot. And so they're talking, well, you know, um, we were going to support uh, marriage equality, but now that's in jeopardy too. Yeah. And this is just to punish mansion. It's just to put it's, well, I don't know. What, or who are they punishing? <laughs> I don't know. Do they, do they yeah. think that people don't? So it's just like, I hope you guys vote. I hope everybody votes. I hope people are paying attention to what's going on. Um, anyway, uh, I think anyway, so that's that. That those are the, so next week what we'll have early next week is we will have Mars. We'll actually make this connection with Uranus and the North Node, and we should also point out that people whose horoscopes are personally affected by this include. So watch these people in the news: um, Vladimir Putin, Mark Zuckerberg, and uh, uh, President Zelensky of. Ukraine and David Brooks from the New York Times and Leonardo DiCaprio are all people whose horoscopes are personally affected by this this transit. So if they make news because they do something daring, innovative, reckless, explosive, uh, explosive, uh, 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 you know, these th you will go, oh, those guys. What, what, was, what was the Sabian symbol? Oh, the Sabian symbol is a newly formed continent. You know, one, I know. I'm I getting like chills. that. A newly right, well, tell, tell folks what the Sabian symbol is because you use them. I don't, but so I like the, them when you. The I like Sab it when you do use them. They're so cool. The Sabian symbols came about because um, Mark Edmund Jones was hanging out in Coronado Park in San Diego in 1925 with a medium named Elsie Wheeler, and what they did because it seemed like a really good idea is they wrote on 360 pieces of paper, the 360 degrees of the Zodiac, 18 Taurus, eight Aries, whatever. And Jones would pull, what he did is he pulled each card with a degree on it and Elsie Wheeler, the medium, channeled a symbol for each of these degrees. And as with all weird things in astrology for some reason these symbols work in your interpretation and our understanding of they, they, they give nuance to, to to patterns in a natal chart a birth chart and also to world events so i look at this sabian symbol for for it's actually you you go up to the next degree so it's 18 degrees of taurus but you read for the next you, you always round up to the next number so i'm looking at 
the Sabian symbol for 19 Taurus, a newly formed continent. And when you think about how the energy of Mars action and Uranus disruption of the status quo, I mean, this is the, it adds even more power to the potential of this rare confluence focal point, new beginning of energy. This is the first time in 200 years this has happened. Uh, yeah. With Mars conjunct in Taurus, mm-hmm. right? And then the with fact the that the three of them are right. conjunct with the Nord is, yeah. I think it may even be even longer. I can't, I can't remember. I looked it up and then I put it away. So there's a lot, a lot going on. And then, you know, the following week. So after we get through August 1st, when we get to around um, August 12th and 13th, thereabouts, the eclipse that we had on November 19th last year and the one that we had on May 16th this year, that eclipse will be activated by Mars as it hits 25, 26, and 27 degrees of Taurus. So, you know, it's just going to build on itself. I think that's itself. August 13th and something August like 16th, that. August 13th Some, through the 16th. Yeah, something so like that. So it's going to be eventful beginning it's on October 1st. Be, it's going to be lots of innovative and interesting stuff. And the, and the way astrology can help is that whatever happens whether it's like the cool, like, you know, like, you know, all right. The, so the Russians are going, we're going to build our own space station now. We're pulling out. Okay. That's a Mars Uranus thing. That's a game changer. That's a disruption. But what, so whatever happens for better or for worse, you'll have that informed perspective. Well, okay. I, I, I know you want to move on, but I do want people to, to just be careful. You know, Mars has been really frustrated in Taurus and yes. we see a lot of frustrated masculine energy in the world, in our country. Please do not discount the possibility of there being violence on that day and, and in August. Uh, oh, we're seeing it now. I mean, because yeah. the, we're, I would say this time span over the next, over the weekend, as you're going about your business yeah. in transit, in a car. Don't, uh, uh, don't give somebody the finger in traffic. Don't. Exactly. If you're, if you're frustrated, don't act out. You don't want to provoke people because the energy of action uh, is likely to respond like a bull in a china shop. People are just ready to pop off. So don't give them a reason to. And and just, it's it's a real energy. It's a real energy. Last time we were talking about, um, let's see, you and I were talking about that square between Mars, I think it was a square between Mars and Uranus two summers ago. And you were saying something explosive could happen. And then that was the day that that cargo ship blew up in Beirut. And it was one of the largest explosions ever recorded on the planet. I wrote about that. You can, you guys can look my, my forecast. Uh, well, I'll, I'll link it. I wrote about the astrology of that. That was so, fascinating. Absolutely so she predicted fascinating. It, and then yeah. it was like, as soon as that came together, that happened. So this is yeah. real. Like, yeah, it's real. Can, this is real. But you, but you will stay centered because you're because look there, this is par- as you know this is part of a larger cycle right that's so important okay this oh i'm getting chills okay what else do we want to talk about well so frank where is frank's question he sent us a question i had it i had it i had it i had it the question is how does the us pluto return impact the different generations in the United States. And so I think we should start with, there are still Pluto and cancer people around there. They're, I can't imagine that there are Pluto and um, Gemini people, are there? No, 
Yeah, no, no, wouldn't. I don't think so. There, I think those are because Pluto, the people who were born in 1935, for example, had Pluto and Uranus in the mid 20 degree. Yeah. Okay. Thing. So, so let's start with, but Pluto they're getting and, hit. We don't. Yeah. Oh, so news of them. Well, let's just stick to the Pluto and cancer generation. I actually want to talk about the people born in 1942 uh, first, just because so that's, that's on. So Pluto, let me do that. So, 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 here's, so, here's, so here's the deal. Here's the logic of what Frank is asking. Frank is asking because he says, hey, I was born in 1954 and I have in my horoscope the planet Jupiter expansion and the planet Uranus revolution conjunct at 27 degrees of Libra. Peace, man. Peace. And 27, having a placement, remember we were, I was talking earlier about how Chuck Schumer, his personal horoscope is connected to the horoscope of the United States. He's got a connection to that Pluto. How he presents himself to the world. He presents himself, oddly enough, with that Pluto energy, power, He's the face of it. He's connected to it. So Frank has a horoscope where his Jupiter and Uranus, and then and because those outer planets move so slowly, it's a whole generation. So the people born in 1954 would have come of age, you know, the summer of love. They would have been teenagers. It would have been anti-war. You see how they, they would have challenged Pluto, our Pluto and Capricorn. They would have, they, they would have their, their need for peace somehow would have challenged the establishment, Pluto, the power of the establishment that we have in the U.S. horoscope. As Pluto is challenging the U.S. horoscope, because we're having a Pluto return, Pluto is also challenging that that idealism that they have, that Jupiter, I think, did you say Jupiter? I hope I'm not making this up. I hope, yeah, Jupiter Uranus. So that, that revolutionary, that desire for peace is being provoked. The people who were born in 1942, everyone's going, what are all these old people? I mean, you know, these older people in their age, what are they doing? These seven-year-old, what do they have? Why do they have all this power? What's going on? Well, people born around 1942, give or take a few years, have Saturn and Uranus, the energy of the avant-garde meets the old guard, conjunct in Taurus, so they're kind of shaking up the system in a way. They've got to reinvent the wheel. Trying to Neptune vision at 27 degrees of Virgo, which means that Pluto in their horoscopes right now is, is making a grand trine to that pattern in their horoscope. So it's giving them a lot of stability and connection with resources and power, mm-hmm. which I find really interesting. Yeah. Boomers. They're the ones who have the most as a generation right now. I mean, we hear all of these stories about they're the ones nobody's going to live as richly as they did because they have all the resources. We don't have pensions anymore. They had pensions. Pensions are not a thing anymore. They had fresh water. They had clean air. They had all the things <laughs> we don't have anymore. They had the last of the access to all the resources. Single income families. It was easy. 1983. Those people were born with Saturn conjunct Pluto at around 28 degrees. There was a conjunction at 28 degrees of Libra. A little, not quite connected to the U.S. Pluto, 
but in a, in a challenging aspect. And so people with Saturn conjunct Pluto in their horoscopes are from the school of hard knocks. They're going to work really hard for some mm-hmm. reason. There is some anguished. I was going to say sorrow, sorrow. The, you know, so Pluto is extremes, the way I interpret it, the extremes of Saturn, which is Saturn is mortality and death and structure and authority. So Pluto conjunct, and interestingly enough, this conjunction was in Libra. And last but not least, 1995, we had Uranus conjunct Neptune around 25, 27 Capricorn. They didn't quite make a precise conjunction with the US Pluto. But Uranus, the energy of change, conjunct Neptune, the energy that dissolves everything in Capricorn. So there's an idealization and a disruption of the corporate world, and it it blasts away boundaries. It's like, I I remember thinking in the the late 90s before I was a a full-time professional astrologer, but I thought to myself, whoever can figure out that we are all connected and build a structure that supports it is going to make a million zillion dollars. And so then we had the internet and social media and all that stuff. Um, but with Pluto sitting on top of the 25 year olds, Uranus Neptune conjunction. Well, the world is turned upside down. First of all, because Pluto on Uranus is like the tables are turned upside down in the temple. If you know your Bible stories, your New Testament. And Pluto on Neptune is just out there. It's the extremes of the surreal and the spiritual and the wigginess. Maybe that reflects the interest that this particular generation uh, you know, is, is having in all of this uh, spiritual stuff and witches and astrology and I don't know. Next time, we are going to address the Thema Mundi as part of the conversation between why does Elizabeth practice modern psychological astrology as her primary uh, way of practicing, and why do I practice Hellenistic astrology as my primary way? Although we both do other things, but those are our primary uh, languages. Yeah. So, um, That's you- right. And to add to avid listener Peggy, your question about what would the horoscope of the earth look like if it had a horoscope will be answered when we talk about that issue we don't want to get into it now because it's a it's a it's a big story so just uh, (laughs) hang in there and we will talk about that next time thank you again for your continued attention we just really appreciate all of the the uh the love that we're getting so if you are listening through the substack newsletter at ensold, E-N-S-O-U-L-E-D dot substack dot com. And you are enjoying this, please hit the little heart button and like it. Yeah. Um, please do that. That helps us out. And then also forward the email and let somebody else know. Maybe even think about giving them a gift subscription if you're already a um a, a paid subscriber. Um and otherwise you can find us on spotify you can find us on itunes elizabeth's website is grace astrology that's g-r-a-c-e astrology.com so think elizabeth grace as an amazing grace and there you go graceastrology.com that is where you will find the forecast on which this podcast is based and it is chock full 
of really excellent explanations of how the solar system relates to uh, cycles and patterns that we see manifest in the news. And it's also got other fun stuff in there. You mm-hmm. can find you can find how to book a, a consultation with Elizabeth if you go to her site. And if you would like to find out more about me, I hang out on Substack at documental.substack.com. Documental, just, you know, D-O-C-U-M-E-N-T-A-L dot substack dot com. And you can find me at ensouledastrology.com if you want to book a consultation. So that's a lot of information. I hope you took that in. Um, but we love you guys. We we're not kidding. We are just like, wow, they really they like <laughs> us. They really like us. And all the old people from certain generations are gonna know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> Sally Field won Sally Field. Uh, it was an Oscar. I think she won an Oscar. And she, she won an Oscar. Oscar. She, won an Oscar. she was, was like, like, oh, you like, well, you know, she was the flying nun, you know? Yeah, right. uh, like, and then she, then, then she the won an Oscar. She prom dress and said, because <laughs> that was when they used to wear whatever they had in their closet instead of being dressed by, you know, Hervé, whatever. So anyhow, um, thank you very much. And we will see you on episode 13 next time we come back and we'll be talking about more of your listener questions. Until that time, fill your heart with hope and look up at the stars. Look up.